0: Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian, and I am joined once again with my buddy, Nick. I gotta say, it feels really good to be behind a mic again and doing this. We've kind of taken a little bit of a break before, and I haven't done as many shows as I normally do. And there are many, many reasons for that. I'm sure I'll get into that on a Kiss of the Ring episode at some point. But at least for right now, it's just really good to be back. Nick, man, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Ian. I'm living life.
1: Uh, it was a little bit better before I saw this movie, but uh, <laughs> I do enjoy talking to Ian
0: and I and I you, good sir. So yes, we. It was just one of those things where we've been talking. I mean, I I don't want to get into plans for the hundredth episode of Ian hates movies. We'll save that for another time. But we have to we have to work our way up to what we have planned for that and. It was just one of those things where I saw that Peacock had the new Firestarter. And this was something that I, I did not even see commercials for forever. Like I had no idea this, this adaptation or remake or reboot or whatever was even being made. Were you aware of it before I told you?
1: Yeah, literally not at all. I think I saw like one or two Peacock ads. Yeah. Maybe like a month or two ago. But it can't be good when you're not even advertising heavily in your own platform. That uh,
0: doesn't doesn't, uh, bode well. Like right now, if you go on Peacock, you'll see, you know, there'll be an ad for it and they try and play the trailer. But that's because I guess from reading this, we're we're doing this on a Sunday night. It came out on Friday in select theaters as well as, you know, streaming on Peacock for anyone who has it. And they're saying it bombed horribly. I think it made like, I want to say four mil. Maybe out of a budget of 12, something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is kind of funny because, I mean, I guess it's going to be a major topic. It's a Blumhouse. Yes. You know, like they, they, they've they been known to live lean and still. Right. Yeah, yeah. You would think, I bet you all projections said that this was going to at least make 20. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking at probably 20 or 30. But I I mean, look, I I don't really follow Stephen King on social media because he gets very, very annoying in his his old age as much (laughs) as I love. I mean, his books have shaped my life. Like I have tattoos dedicated to his books. I love so much of what Stephen King has done. But I know that his judgment is never good when it comes to the movies that are adapted from his books. So I didn't even see him talk about it. I have no idea if he was for it, against it, if he was happy about anything. I don't even know if he fucking watched it. So I I don't know if he even had the backing of that because normally he's the guy also touting the films and giving it some some type of advertisement. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure yeah. he's got to get like a kickback somewhere. Yeah, unless he... You know, I like he's
1: got to be financially interested somewhere. I mean, maybe people buy the
0: books if they haven't, you know seen the movie before right. or? yeah i mean but don't forget man he did a shit ton of coke <laughs> back then like he did so much coke i have no idea if he sold the rights you know what i mean like <laughs> you really really don't know but it is funny it's weird it's weird to think about when i think about firestarter it was never one of my favorites of his it's a relatively short book which does not You know, that's not bad by any means. I think it's 400-something pages. I read it a very, very long time ago. And I think a lot of people know of the name and they know of the movie, the original movie, most likely probably because of Drew Barrymore. Because that was right after E.T., I believe, if I'm not mistaken on that. But I haven't seen the movie or read the book in, I would say, since I was probably a kid. So... I mean that was still really late. It was sometime in the '90s, so that was very outdated for me as well. Now, what about you, Nick? Had you seen the movie or read the book? I haven't read the book because uh, books are for nerds. Yeah, fucking but nerds. Uh, the movie, yeah, I think I'd seen in probably
1: you know early
0: 2000s. Yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, did you get a chance to watch the original as well before this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I watched it after actually. Nice. I did the same thing. I did the same thing. So I don't think we do a shot for shot, obviously, but I guess we should probably. So, I mean, everyone knows we're talking about Firestarter, but one of the things I guess we should say, I'll start with a positive. How about that? I think the positive was the new movie is the perfect length of film.
1: Oh, yeah. Hour 30. Yeah. They shaved <laughs> you know, a quarter of the runtime off the old version. Yep.
0: Great. So that's the positive. I I have maybe one other positive, but we'll say that, I think. Maybe we should say, well, how do, you, how do you want to do it, Nick? Do you want to do a comparison between the two movies? Do you want to focus more on the new one and then just kind of, you know, harken back to the differences between the two? I can talk a little bit to the book as well. I can tell you for sure that the original movie is way closer to the book Really, there's not a whole lot of similarities between the new movie and the book. Yeah, I, I think it
1: might be good for that context to get the book, um, and then yeah, if we run through a little bit on what the new one does compared to the old one, I think that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, that, that, that way yeah. people know whether or not they should spend their hour and a half of their life on the uh, Zac Efron Firestarter, as I will call it.
0: Uh, sh- we could probably answer that question now, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> good point oh yeah um man well i i think one of the things too is that and and i think we've talked about this on the show before as well very recently i'm sure as well i am superheroed out oh yeah i'm done like if this was two years ago you and i would have been at the fucking midnight screening of dr strange you know and we would have gone to see and we would have talked about on the show i have no need to do that until it comes out on Disney+. Plus. Oh, hell yeah. I just, I don't have that drive. I've been let down so many times, and it seems like the movies are the same over and over again. So Firestarter, that came out, I think the movie came out in like 1984, and I think the novel was in like the early 80s or 70s or something like that. So this was kind of one of the first... You know, novel superhero type things. You know, that wasn't like a comic book, but that's what it was. It, you know, there's she's a superhero. They're superheroes technically. They got their powers from Lot Six, the the medication that they that they were testing on people. But it's still the same thing as an X Men story. Yeah. You know, it's you know she doesn't fit in. You know, it's it's telling the story of a little girl who who wants to fit in you know it's fitting in with society fitting in with you know her friends and classmates and then it's the story of a father and a daughter Mm -hmm. so those are you know those are the themes that they're going for but it is cloaked in the whole you know this is a superhero she can fucking light things on fire she has telekinesis all that kind of shit he's able to you know zach efron (laughs) is able to to push quote unquote push people which just basically means mind control or to implant an idea in someone's head and they do it and i mean everyone's probably really familiar with that from watching uh you know the first season of uh why why am i i almost said jessica alba uh what's what's her name uh jessica fuck you know i'm talking about the marvel show jessica jones There. oh yeah yeah so they had you know the purple guy in there that was able to Plant the seed, I guess I should say, of what he wanted you to do. That's basically what Zach Efron Andy is able to do in, you know, in the book and in, in both of the movies. But I I don't know this should have been done years and years ago. If they were gonna readapt this movie or remake it, this is not the time to do it because everyone it, it's just too saturated. The market is too saturated with this type of movie.
1: Yeah, I think this belongs in like Oh God! Uh, was that 2013, 2014 when they remade Carrie? Ah, yes, that's right. Yeah, I so. feel like there was a a period of time in the mid 2010s where people were just remaking, you know, the the classic like horror movies, mm. no, 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 horror horror, but like you know the the entry level stuff. So I feel like somewhere in there would have made a lot more sense. Versus now, you're right. There's the superhero fatigue that
0: this is obviously trying to be a superhero movie. But, but I don't think it quite fills that role. Right. And don't forget the bullying aspect, too. So with Carrie, that was such a big deal when everyone was talking about how bad bullying is and how it ruins people's lives. Carrie is a very good, uh, you know, interpretation or, or metaphor, you know, shining the light on people for that. It's similar here. They try and do it. I don't remember that much from the books themselves. And then obviously in the original movie, I don't think she ever is in school. I don't think they show that at all, but in the Zac Efron one, they do, and I understand why it's there. They're trying to shoehorn in, oh, this is somebody who's not accepted by other people, but, the, I mean, she's made fun of because she's not allowed to have a phone, and she's not allowed to use computers. It's not because, you know, she can set things on fire.
1: And, oh my God, was that nauseating. That was just <laughs> such a dumb plot point that had no payoff they're like oh you can't have the internet or phone because we can't afford it and they're lying to her about why they can't have it and right. then it's like answered later you know once the uh the tension and the conflict starts being introduced to the family mm-hmm. the mom's like oh yeah because people can track you then right the and i'm bad like guys that's can get dumb. You. yeah No. Yeah. It, and then
0: oh. go ahead no no go ahead
1: well it it just completely to me invalidates the whole like you know, being in the school thing. Like, why did you have to have that bullying aspect if all you had to harp on was like, oh, you don't have internet, you're weird. Like, it could have easily been just like classic new kid syndrome. Like, oh, you don't talk to anybody, you don't have any friends, bully, bully, bully.
0: Right, right. Or if it's an internet type thing, then have her go and use the internet. Have her use the internet and that's how she's tracked. You see what I mean? Like I said, oh, how do you be? yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah. If you want to pay that shit off, that's how you fucking do it. That would make so much more sense. But instead, you know, she has an incident. And now, by the way, she had been telling them how she can't control this and how she's having problems and she wants to hurt people who are hurting her. But they're just like, oh, yeah, don't worry. It'll be fine. You just go back to school. Don't worry about it. And then it's obviously another incident. And by the way, they have the same kid bullying her. But then later on in the movie, it's not that kid (laughs) who she takes the stuff from. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That would have been easy payoff. You would think, right? I mean, they've done that in every single movie. Like Maybe you have to give them credit for not doing that, maybe. But then why was everyone a dick to her? it just didn't make any sense. She, she didn't do enough in school for that to be the problem. I I don't know. Wow. You just make fun of someone because they're Amish. I I, I don't know. It just seems too easy.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I think that was the major theme I took away from like the first part of the movie is that it was too easy. Very. And I don't know if they just didn't have the writing budget because you know, what was it like? 12 million dollar you know whatever the blumhouse budget is and then
0: they've got to pay zach efron out of that Fuck yeah baby but let's be honest he deserved every fucking cent oh god yeah we're not even talking about
1: the acting yet we're still on the (laughs) storyline but yeah it's just you know to bring in the first of many parallels i'm sure like to to talk about the other film at least when they started introducing, you know, Charlie's powers and her relationship with their family, mm-hmm. you know, it was in the context that we were shown that Charlie is struggling with it. We weren't just told. Right. And throughout the entire intro to this movie, uh, unfortunately, uh, I was watching with somebody else um, sure. and, I, and I will give my girlfriend a shout out for having amazing insights on this movie. Oh, good. Uh, for being such a movie rube. She was like, <laughs> why are they literally just telling us all the exposition? Yes. So much exposition At every <laughs> single point, it's like if they ever cut away from Charlie, it was to like go to like the government agency and talk about, oh, we could abuse their power. You know, this could be a military weapon. Right. Like <laughs> they're, they're not talking about the program or anything. You know, they're just talking about, you know, here's what it used to be. And here's how the dad escaped. Yep. Here's how powerful they
0: are. Like, what the hell? No, exactly, and then they set it up so easily when they're doing the title screen thing where they're showing a young Zac Efron and a young whatever chick that is, um, Mm -hmm. who's very cute, but, I mean, she was barely in the fucking film, but, (laughs) I mean, they're going through the questions that they ask them before they take Lot 6, and it's so full of exposition. Oh, yeah. It's like, what was the point of all that, like, why show that part? I, it just didn't make any sense. It, it was worthless to the entire movie. Oh,
1: oh my god! And another gripe about that yeah. is that it was 2008 from the timestamp of the video. Yes, and they gave it that awful, like early '80s, like yes. fucking film grain and the screen door effect of an old CRT. Yep. And it was so
0: fucking out of place, and it hurt my goddamn brain. It must have been just a nod to the original movie, then. I guess is what they were trying to do, but they don't even do enough of that. Like I, no. I one of the funny I will say one of the things I laughed about in the original movie and in this one was if you remember in the original Andy would hold his his hands to his head and yeah. like play with his hair whenever he was gonna do his power, and in this one Zach Efron just audibly cracks his neck even though it's obviously put in there uh post-production but he just cracks his neck really fast and then does the move and that made me laugh every fucking time it was
1: so good it got such a chuckle because then i was thinking about it like so what's what happens if like he's walking around and him and his wife decide to get romantic massages oh okay and somebody like Presses a power, like, the pressure point at the back of his neck. Does he just start mind controlling them to kill each other? Yes. That is exactly Because <laughs> like, yeah, quit, if, quit smoking, obviously. <laughs> yeah, to quit smoking. <laughs>
0: oh, that was terrible. That arc could have died, too. That was fun. Yeah, it, it was, like, I guess you can say that that technically wasn't exposition, but you didn't need it because... Obviously, he's only going to take that that whole scene where he's he's trying to stop the woman from smoking. So he does, you know, he does the power on her when he does that. He says it's cash only. So, yes, obviously, he doesn't want to get tracked. It's the whole thing with the computer again. So you either choose one or the other. You don't oh, You yeah. don't have to do both. So that's that's one thing. And then the other was that it hurts him to do the the actual thing. So why even do it multiple times? Why not charge $300 up front and do it all then?
1: Yeah, I feel like in the modern age, if they're trying to, okay, so later on, they harp on the fact that, oh, everybody's a self-help guru these days. Like, yeah, if you're already going to admit that that's like, you know, a challenge in our society that so many people can do that, that right. means if somebody's actually able to do it, shouldn't he be making at least 300 a visit? Yeah. Like it's a guaranteed success rate. Right. Exactly.
0: But maybe he can't advertise, so maybe that's why he doesn't have the word of mouth, oh, maybe yeah, but you're right. it's yeah. so it but it just didn't need to be in there. But the whole time I was thinking with how he cracked his neck, I was like, Well, dude, that's that's why you're having those mini hemorrhages. It <laughs> has yeah. nothing to do with your power. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Oh my god,
1: Nick. Uh ah. See, you started bad talking to him. Now he's controlling your mind. Whew,
0: the fire—it's getting hot in my apartment right now.
1: <laughs> You're starting to breathe the smoke in. Yeah, yeah the butter's <laughs> melting
0: and shit. This is this is crazy. Oh man, so yeah, I just—I I laughed at that for sure. I absolutely did. You're absolutely right. Or <clears throat> sorry, man. Wow, that—that that is a really. Maybe it's just because I haven't been in front of a mic in a while. I'm just not used to talking again. So, it is all exposition. Mm-hmm. All that front part, and I understand they are trying to shorten the movie, and I do praise them for that. I am I am thankful that they did that, but there are better ways to do it. Tightening up the plot works, but then don't don't stop at just trimming the fat. Trim the rest of the shit that you're also adding in because you didn't oh, yeah. need it. You didn't need it at all. And, and that's the weird thing for me.
1: Yeah, and I just I struggled for, you know, that first expedition part of the movie, you know, before the, the conflict starts up with them. They finally get tracked. Yes. You know, somebody knows where they are. I struggled following why. <laughs> you know, like in the previous <laughs> one, it was pretty easy. Like you're saying, like trim the fat. Why not trim all of it? Like right. just make it lean. Mm-hmm. Um the previous one, it was easy. Like you got like the little flashbacks here and there that you know could have used some lightning. Sure. But at least like you were in the characters' lives, like as that happened, right. and you were learning thing things as they progressed. Mm-hmm. So it felt organic when you were you know drip fed a little bit of exposition. Right. Yeah. Here it's all up at once, and <laughs> almost none of it makes any sense. Right. It's like you meet the secret government agency, and it's just like oh, we're the DSI or whatever, and
0: I'm objectively a bad person, but I'm not the bad people who used to work here, hint, hint. Right. But you know, I mean, you know she's bad. You know, let's Cap, right? We'll just call her Cap, yeah. even though... So that used to be... That was Charlie Sheen in the original mm-hmm. movie. So they changed genders and then had this had this woman play maybe the worst bad guy I may have ever seen yeah. in a movie because it's so terribly... Du- like... I didn't believe her for a second. Not at all. Yeah, like any That was the worst acting. Right. No, she wasn't menacing. Uh, she tried to have these like quick witty retorts to people that didn't land ever. Nope. Like, remember the one where uh, I think she was talking to Red from, uh, from that 70s show? And I was expecting <laughs> at some point for him to say, you know, I'm going to put my foot up your ass or whatever. And he didn't, which was weird to me. <laughs> but at some point he makes a comment about the old regime and she's like, Oh, well, I don't think he could fit in a dress this well. And like awkwardly puts her hands on her hips to show her dress off. That was not the character to try and do that. No, I just, maybe it was just like the,
1: the shallowness of what the character was intended to be. But also like, it's definitely reflected in the sets. Like anytime she talks, it's in her office and you can tell they had a hard budget to hit. Yes. Like in the previous Firestarter, you know, it was, they had established that this is the farm. It's sprawling. You have like a mansion in the middle of the Virginia wilderness yeah, that right. just like, this is their place that the government goes to play. Right. Here,
0: it just felt like an office park. The oh whole yeah, time. and like a, is, a dungeon, a technical dungeon.
1: Yeah, just a technical dungeon. And you you wonder why it was chosen to be just so shallow and dark. Right. When you have such one dimensional characters to begin with, like there there's no soul at any part of the process.
0: No, none whatsoever. So think about it this way you go from a shitty little house to the school, you know, a high school, middle school, whatever. Then you go into the woods and you have a house on a farm, and then you have this CGI building. Yeah. And that's that's it pretty much. What oh, and behind a Motel or somewhere where they have the dumpster and the cat. Yeah. And by the way, laughed my fucking ass off at the cat scene. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, yeah. (laughs) That was something. I thought they were going to pull their punch and they didn't. So it was just like the fucking cat scratches her and you know what she wants to do, but you're like, are they going to do it? And then they cut away and you just hear the burning sound and the cat meow. And then that's it. And then you see the burning (laughs) cat. (laughs)
1: they doubled down on it you're right i was literally shocked watching it You know, luckily (laughs) shout out to peacock it was in the the comfort of my own home so i didn't feel bad
0: literally saying oh they won't right and then they did they really went in on it that right there was the r rating was just that was the only thing r rated in this whole fucking movie it's very true because i think they said they might have said fuck like a couple times maybe But other than that, even the people burning, I guess the one thing you could say would, uh, I don't know, her setting her mom's arms on fire. uh, That wasn't really, I mean, it was brutal when I guess they were uh, tending to the wounds and stuff like that. By the way, if you got torched like that, literally, you would have to go to the hospital. Oh, yeah. There's no way your hands are going, your arms and hands are not going to heal from that. The, it's just, it's not. You have to have medical attention. Mm-hmm. But other than that, what else did? What other killings were were brutal? You know what I mean. Like what was, what was done that would have been a horror movie type death? I guess towards
1: the end, when the you know she's getting out of the facility, you know, not to give away too ah, many spoilers too early, but <laughs> you know, there's a couple scenes in there that are like, oh, all right, that was. That was something. Yeah, I guess. No, obviously a couple she's a fire starter. Yeah. A couple people get caught on fire. Yeah. It wasn't nearly as fertile as the cat, though.
0: No, the cat was the most That's where at least a million dollars of their budget went. Yeah, that was hardcore. That's that's true. But yeah, man, I don't even know. I don't want to go scene by scene on this because it's not even worth it. I mean Literally I, not worth it. No, I, I what we can do, I guess, is when we compare the two movies, I was very disappointed in Irv in this movie. I mean, obviously. He's a way more detailed character in the book, you know, and I'm not expecting I'm not expecting the the movies to be able to capture everything in the books. We know, especially with Stephen King movies, it's very, very rare for them to ever really, truly capture what was in the book on film. What's actually kind of funny, I was thinking about this the other day, the best Stephen King adaptations have actually been of his novellas, his short stories. So if you think yeah. about uh, the body, for instance, right? Yep. With uh, with Stand By Me, you think of Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. That one, that one too. Uh, The Mist was a was a really good example of that all those nove- uh, novellas really do make good movie adaptations. It's when they adapt anything that's longer, when it's the Stand or the Langoliers or or the Dark Tower. I mean, the list goes on. Of I mean, maybe one that captures it. Best probably is the Green Mile. Hmm. But other than that, it's very difficult for some reason for people to capture those characters. And Irv was such a better character, obviously, in the book and in the adapted movie. His character made way more sense. What was his arc in this movie? I literally do not understand. Um, He
1: goes from being a drunk old man to being a helpful drunk old man versus... In the 80s, Firestarter, like, that was an actually, like, that was one of my favorite, like, parts of the movie. Yes. Was, you know, that short relationship. And it made sense because Irv was established as an ordinary old man. Who wanted to help some strangers. Who was like, oh, get off my property. And that made sense for who he was. Exactly, yeah. You know, it was explained well.
0: It's like, I don't remember this being Russia. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It just made sense. (laughs) Yeah, he had, he had nothing. He had nothing in this one. You know, you had the the wife who was in, I guess, not really a coma, but was pretty much a vegetable, right? And he got an arc technically, I guess, of her showing that she was or had telepathic powers because she was able to tell him what his wife was thinking and the real uh, reason why the accident happened, all that kind of stuff. But then when he goes out to stall, he doesn't stall them. No. And then he ends up getting shot, which also happened, you know, to to Irv in the original as well, but there was no more contact between them. So there was nothing else after that. It was Zach got taken away and, you know, she escapes and that's it. So it completely, Stephen King is very, very good at writing side characters that mean something. And once again, in an adaptation, it's just another throwaway character that means nothing.
1: Yeah, and an interesting one there, thinking of timing and the fact they chose not to trim, they spent at least three minutes on the scene where Charlie was, like, you know, sneaking up until like, oh, I can hear a voice from this house. Something's talking to me. Right. You know, stalking up to, like, find the the wife who was in the hospital bed. Yes, right. Yeah, why not
0: trim that down? Yeah,
1: easily. And then give more backstory to Irv and explain that a little bit better. That would have been
0: a be- much better use of their time. Right. Or have him sacrifice himself some way. If you know you're not bringing the character back, then sacrifice him somehow where he where yeah. he does something good. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just it it just nothing mattered. And then also I get very very annoyed when a character that is written a certain way and portrayed a certain way with like so let's let's take what's his face um Why am I – I forget. It's Rain Rain something. What's his name? Rainbird. Rainbird, yes. So (laughs) – I only remember because
1: it's the name of a sprinkler system, and it's a dumb fucking character name.
0: Yes, a very dumb character name. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. But it made sense in the book when that's written in the fucking 80s or 70s, and you're talking about a Native American. I I get it. Like, I get that name. But for some reason, it just blanks sometimes. But I hate when – Movie adaptations take away something from the book. So in the book and in the original movie, Rainbird doesn't have any fucking powers. There's no he doesn't have any powers. He's a Vietnam vet. That's that's what he is. He's a Native American Vietnam vet. There is no special power that he has. So for them to give him powers in this movie makes no fucking sense. There's no reason to do it. And then also he's the one that kills everyone at the farm. But that's supposed to be kind of a pivotal fucking scene in the book and the original movie where she kills everybody. Yeah, She protects everyone. She kills everyone. And it really shows how powerful she can be and then also leads to her decision to not use her powers again.
1: Yeah.
0: I, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, uh,
1: it just... That whole fucking scene should have been cut. I just—it should have been. You're right. It should have been the Charlie scene. It should have been. You know, here is where her dad is able to see like the full breadth of the thing that he can't control. Right. Like, that's that's the scene. That's what it should have been. Not some guy whose superpower is to walk slowly, and have just no dialogue or character setup at all. Right. Like it, totally throwaway backstory. And it just, and then he just shoots a bunch of cops. Like that, yeah. that's his, that's his whole thing. He, he shot that's a bunch like of podunk him, cops.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Why do you need that to set up that he's a bad guy? Like that's the only purpose of having him shoot the cops is to set up. Oh, he doesn't care. He's just out to accomplish his task. Versus he fucking killed the mom. Yeah, he, he strangled her mom. to death. Yeah. And it was a brutal scene of like it should not have been ten minutes, but it was ten minutes of slowly walking towards the mom and the yeah. strangling her to death. It was, like, it was. You it was don't the pretense need for the, the additional shooting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but and that's another thing too. Fucking George C. Scott in the original movie was so fucking good. Oh yeah. Like every time. That's. I mean. That's not saying fucking anything for anyone who knows George C. Scott. He's a fucking amazing, amazing actor. He stole the the fucking scene every time he was in the picture. It was about him. Yeah. That's how fucking good he was. And he had a purpose in that movie and in the book. Rain Dog wants to take, basically, he, he, he has this feeling of the afterlife. He's, he's obviously been tormented by Vietnam. He's like an expert sniper, you know, tracker, all that kind of stuff. That's why the government uses him for things like this. And he has this, he has this uh, thing in his head, basically, that tells him that if he kills somebody, he takes their power. And that's the whole thing with the eyes that they tried to fucking do in this movie, which they completely destroyed. Uh Didn't understand the whole eye thing at all because they didn't set it up properly. But in the book, in the movie, it's the original movie. It's he's looking at their eyes when he kills them so that he gets their power. That's what he believes. And he thinks that she has the power of the gods. And if he kills her, then he can take her power into the afterlife. That's a compelling fucking fucked up oh, story. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but that is nowhere to be seen here because they want to make him almost an anti-hero towards the end or something. I mean, now what are they going to fucking do? Team up? It just, it none Ugh. of that makes any, like, why take the better parts of the movie, of the original movie and book, why take the better parts and just shit all over them to do whatever you want to do? Your vision isn't as good as the original so why are you changing anything you could have improved upon the book for sure that book is nowhere near perfect first absolutely and neither was that original movie but work on the work on the bad things and keep the good parts and they did neither yeah I actually thinking
1: back on it completely forgot he was Native American because they mentioned it once yeah right <laughs> so I just thought it was the code name was Rainbird but yeah that makes sense now looking back on it and the hard part there is it would have been so easy to add 2 seconds of extra expositional dialogue to talk about how he was part of the original experiment and what it did to him
0: right oh uh, what are his powers we know he can like i think it's just telekinetically talk yeah i think it's just that and like uh, but he's not supposed to have powers no and if you notice they did that little thing at the beginning he's a janitor right? He gets the call from Cap and she's like, oh, we, you know, you have a special skill, which they never go into. Mm-hmm. They never go into what a special skill is. Like, what made him the person to do that? Because she specifically says, you're the best for this job. Well, what the fuck does that mean? Because he didn't do anything.
1: Yeah, and what it doesn't make sense to me is why are they letting him have the janitor job after like, you know, some of his exposition is that like he's a little weird and whacked out from the experiment they're just letting him live free with these powers to do whatever he wants why the fuck do they need anybody else if they can study his powers
0: yeah it would have made like more it's sense. never established no it would have made more sense for him to be part of their group and just have him be the one sent out to get her yeah exactly you can still do the change of heart bullshit later on you, you can still do that that's nothing, but it was almost like they were trying to say for people that like love the original movie, ah, see, he's a janitor. Oh, he's a janitor, yeah. Oh no. But I think kidding. about 45 minutes of the original movie was him gaining her trust yeah. by pretending to be a janitor. There was a reason for that the last time. There was no reason for this one. Yeah. Oh, it's so aggravating. It's like honestly, I get it. They think they think that the movie going public is dumb. And in a way, a lot of the movie going public are dumb, but you don't have to dumb everything down. Just do the fucking movie the way it's supposed to be done.
1: Yeah. And they, you know, they had two sources of
0: source material. Yeah, right. And they took none of the good parts. The only thing I so I'll I'll say one more positive because we're kind of there right now, is that I like I like Zach Efron's take of the more caring father that doesn't want the daughter to use her power. I I don't agree with the, you shouldn't teach. like I, I think the mother was right about that. You should teach her how to control it. But I did appreciate his value of life. I, I like the little speech about how, you know, when he killed the two, you know, they had to fuck up that whole thing that they tried to steal her as a baby, which also made no fucking sense you know, when they did that shit. But he was talking about when you kill somebody that does something to you, that that changes you. And not only does it change you, but everyone around those people that you hurt, it also hurts their families. They're, you know, it's it's a spiral. And I like that idea. But once again, it's not executed properly.
1: Not at all. And the way I think of it is if they moved the climax of the dad dying sooner in the movie Mm -hmm. i think they could have played that a lot better because then yeah it is about the dad wanted to keep her you know like don't kill people it's bad know the repercussions of what you're doing know how to control your own emotions understand the world around you and then obviously like he has to force her to kill him which was i think a good scene sure sure and I mean, if you move that climax no a little sense. bit. We'll get to that. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. If you move that climax a little bit in, then you can start, you know, doing the anti-hero arc with Rainbird and be like, oh, he, he finally understands somebody because, you know, the Charlie's going through all the stuff she doesn't quite comprehend at such a young age. And now she has to grapple with both dealing with the world and these powers. Mm-hmm. And that could have been something. That could have been yes. a story that a movie could have been made out of because like now that. the dad's dead and that was the only limiting factor on her powers to date.
0: Right. Yeah, no, That's that, that, would, that would be a great. Something. That would be great. That's This is a movie that if you chopped it up and rearranged some things, added or took away exposition and just added actual scenes, you'd have a much, like even if you added 10 minutes to this movie, and normally I'm not for adding extra time to movies, but if you added 10 minutes and subtracted some of the other shit that was in there you could have a good movie yeah I I, you definitely could I I just I wonder if they were just you know they were reaching their budget and they had timelines and deadlines and they they just had to say fuck it you know this is coherent enough you know maybe that's plus I, I read something that maybe they might continue the story and say I don't want anything to do with these characters anymore why why would I want a continued story
1: yeah, there's nothing in there that makes you want more. You're absolutely right. Like there's there's no feeling for the characters.
0: You're like, all right, all right. that was a self-contained little tidbit, little yeah. novella, and you close the book and you're done. Like if you told me, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think there is a Firestarter sequel and maybe we'll have to watch that for fun just because I'm sure it's awful. But I heard that Rainbird survives. And that's crazy to think after he got, fucking burn to death and stuff like that but if somehow you know he survived that that original character is interesting enough to want to see what happens but now I am not interested in that fucking character at all why why would I care about this new Rainbird why the, there's nothing compelling about his character whatsoever
1: oh. I, yeah,
0: it's just it's dumb they wrote themselves into a corner
1: right they their setup for Rainbird was that he's a janitor and he lives in this beat down industrial apartment with a bunch of boots and two knives and he looks longingly out the
0: window. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing there. He never even does anything cool with it. Nope. He never even does anything. Look, and and also when you talk about exposition and shit, what was the point of the mother when she's about to die to tell him if you see her, you'll understand why like what, what did that uh. mean? wouldn't every parent be like I love my kid so that's why we ran but it's almost like she's she's calling her her shot and being like oh no you're gonna you're gonna see that there's something special about my daughter and you're not gonna want to kill her what Mm -hmm. Uh, that's so fucking weird doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any fucking sense but I I did I honestly I did not hate Zac Efron in this movie I don't I don't hate Zac Efron in general I've never seen a high school Musical movie. So I have nothing against him. I think he, I think he's been funny in movies. I have seen him in like even bad movies, like 17 again, he carries those movies. You know what I mean? So I don't hate him for that kind of stuff. I hope he gets some better choices in the future because I I believed him as a, as a young father. Like I, I thought he did a fine job with that. But other than that, I just, he didn't have anything to work with. He definitely didn't have what Davy Keith had in the original movie, that's for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, one little note there
1: was, yeah, I thought he was kind of believable in the role. Yeah. But I think the the Blumhouse style of the face first run through the house. Oh, yeah. You know, like the frantic yeah. versus in the previous one when, the, when he discovers his wife is dead in the laundry closet. Right. The difference of shooting to the face versus shooting from behind as he does the frantic scramble around the house. Right. Worlds yeah. of difference. Oh, very true. I mean, it yeah. just... Added no believability to the scene to just you know see the shaky cam like oh I'm scared now right yeah and uh,
0: man it's just so frustrating I, yeah. I like I like having fun and talking about about it but it also say I mean I'm sure other people listening and probably have for years have been saying Ian well if, you know if you're able to judge all these things why aren't you doing it yourself I would love I how do you do that. If I wanted to take, let, let's say, for instance, I, I love The Long Walk. It's my favorite book. I'm going to be talking about it on a show coming up with uh with actually Grace Sorensen from the band Charlatan. We're going to record a show, and we're going to talk about The Long Walk. I'll write a fucking screenplay for The Long Walk, but how do you get anyone to see it? Like, how, how do you get in? Like, I, I can do all these changes. I can tell people what needs to be done in a movie, as can you, but... The, there are people out there getting the opportunities to do this stuff. So how does that happen? You have source material. Why? If I write something, how do you just get into the right fucking hands? Because I know I'm not going to make those fucking dumb mistakes. It, it shouldn't be that difficult.
1: Yeah. Ugh, yeah. It's frustrating. It's It's the simple stuff, though. It's building character and atmosphere.
0: No, it's very true, and like I said, I think the only person's character that's really developed here is Zach Efron, Andy. I think it's the only character, because also, how stupid was that? I almost expected an 80s montage music to come on when she was in the fucking woods. What did that even <laughs> dude, how long was she in there? 45 minutes? God. Made no sense. It made, yeah. She's trying to, like, do her powers by herself. Like, it almost reminded me if they wanted to have fun, like, the the montage in Hot Rod. Yeah. <laughs> where he's just dancing out his feelings and shit. Like, it just yeah. didn't make any sense. But, and just the amount of time, because in the in the book, I, I think it's in the book, it's probably like six months or so. I think that's the same in the movie, that they're apart, is six fucking months. In this, it's a night, it, at, at best, at best. So he lets her get away, and then I guess Rainbird calls to her, pretending to be her father. I guess that's his only power, is he's able to mimic someone else's voice while doing telekinesis. So he calls out to her and lets her know where they are, and then she just walks in there. And they have the scene with the, the IT guy or something, I don't know, I guess an agent who was lying. That was also weird, I don't know the point of that scene. Please, Nick, tell me, what was the point of that scene? Uh I, I couldn't tell you, Ian. I think Why it was interesting.
1: It? Yeah. I think the only thing that I took away from it was like, oh, she had to be brutal again.
0: Yeah. Well, see now that would work if so we'll we'll go past this. So what what happens is she kills the guy, she takes his key card. They all see that the the fucking car is on fire, and they still let her in. Yeah. They still let her walk because they have a trap set for her because they know she's coming. They know she's coming. So why even have that happen? Because then you get to the bottom uh well which by the way this is this plan is maybe one of the stupidest plans ever as well. So not only is Cap a terrible bad guy, bad woman, whatever you want to fucking call her, then she gets in a room. With the father, the father's obviously dying. You know, he's hemorrhaging. She's she's doing exposition again. Oh, they say if he pushes somebody one more time, he'll probably die. Uh, Holy fuck. I mean, you want to be stupider? I, I don't know why you're... <laughs> why are you the evil person giving away your... Like, it doesn't make any sense. We're past the 80s now. You don't have to give away the the grand scheme of things, your whole master plan. But then also... Why would you not have some type of protection? I mean, she, she's out in the open. Mm-hmm. Why is she out in the open?
1: Uh, it, it, there's nothing to make sense about it. it just,
0: <laughs> it's not a good scene. No, empirically. Not, empirically. <laughs> so yeah, then you know what he's going to do. And he pushes her. Now, by the way, he's been saying how bad that is. What a terrible idea that is the whole time because he's saying that when he pushes people, what is that actually doing to their minds? Which, by the way, is not a bad thing. They should have probably gone into that more. Oh, yeah. Like that's that's oh, an yeah. Inter- yeah, that's yeah, an interesting thing to go into. But there is no consequence to him pushing anybody apparently. So he pushes her to burn down the entire facility and kill everybody there. To, so that they won't be able to cover up anything. Now, by the way, they haven't been talking about cover-ups this whole entire movie until now. Yeah. Where in the book and the movie, that's the whole point is they're trying mm-hmm. to find a way. You know, they're sending letters to, to news stations and, and publications to try and tell them the story so that the government and the the shop – You know, DSI can't get away with this kind of stuff experimenting on people anymore. But that doesn't even come into play at all in this movie until that one single line. There's no interaction with the outside world until that one single line. That's what really got me. Yeah.
1: Is that the previous movie had done such a great job of showing them not only on the run, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, trying to do something about it.
0: Right. Yeah. They were actually. And this one, they're uh, just running. Exactly. Yeah. And. The whole thing was, you know, let's let's get a better life or let's get a normal, a normal life for this kid. But they're never on the way of truly doing that. I guess they're saying they had it at the beginning. So now they're not sure they can ever have it again. But they kind of had that in the original movie in the book. And then, yeah, you start to go on the run to find a new place. This one, there's really no chance of that happening. Not at all. Why, Why did it exist? Yeah, it just, just to be a movie on Peacock. I mean, just think about those rubes that went out to see in a movie theater. Oh my god. All all those people that paid four million dollars total to see this piece of junk fucking movie. Like it's just so yeah, so then she fucking Oh my god. She so so he pushes her. She kills – she, you know, lights them both on fire, which is fine. You know, I I get that. It's fine. And then she goes about. Now it's a superhero thing. Now we're going to walk through and, eh, believe me, it was way better than, you know, the Drew Barrymore version when she's walking through. (laughs) I mean, the the CGI was better for sure. The special effects were better. But even then, it's just I I didn't care. I never felt like she was ever going to really be in trouble. And – and even when they finally brought the people with the uh with the fireproof uh suits on, the dude takes his mask off. So as soon as he does that, not only can she set him on fire, but she can also push him. She can push him or do some other telekinesis the same way she made the two guards shoot themselves in the in the head. Yep. So right there, there was no reason for Rain Dog to even come out and, and kill all of them because she was just about to make him do it anyways. Yeah. They spend so much more time
1: on the firestarter part. That would have been great if now, like, they show up that she has both powers. Like, if you're going to go, like, completely, oh, she's going to burn down the world aspect as Mm -hmm. she figures out her powers. Then, yeah, let's bring up the fact that she can push. Yeah. Like, that would have been a great payoff to be like, oh, you underestimated me, blah, 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 blah. She's learning who she is. Yes.
0: Right. Yeah, and she has all those powers. That was the other thing, too. She could have pushed Cap herself. She could have said, hey, get the fuck out of there. You know, and move and then light her on fire. Yep. It's just, there are so many things that she, and look, once again, I guess she is a stupid kid. Uh, You know, (laughs) she's just a dumb kid. So, and by the way, she seems like she was a teenager in this movie or like, I guess, late middle school. Uh, Am I right on that? Where with the Drew Barrymore one, she looked like she was fucking five. Yeah. So a completely different you know, execution of where they should have been in their life. Because, by the way, I think Drew Barrymore, even though there are a few cringy scenes of her acting as a kid, I thought she was great in a lot of it. I She was a much better actress than this girl was.
1: Yeah. And I think there was even less to do for her in the last film. You know, like, yeah. versus this character, like, there is more time where she's alone. Mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore, you know, there was always, you know, something else acting and going on in the room that didn't involve Charlie. Right, right.
0: Yeah, that's her name, but. Charlie. We probably should, we probably haven't even mentioned that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so then she kills everybody, and then Rain Rainbird comes to. Did I say Rain Dog before <laughs> Rainbird? Rainbird comes and and kneels down so that he can be killed, and then for some reason she decides not to. You know, after she's killed all these people and that's the dude who murdered her mom and murdered all those other people, she decides not to kill him and she burns down the entire facility, the terrible CGI and dumb bullshit that they had and she walks over to the ocean, I guess, lighting things on fire and then drops to her knees and then Rainbird comes out and carries her off and that is the fucking end of the movie. (laughs) Yay. <laughs> now i don't know about you i i fast forwarded to see if there was any after credit scene or some shit and there was not
1: oh i, I it wasn't even worth my time to look I, i'm <laughs> glad you did it's good to hear there wasn't anything that i missed out on before this review but yeah it, the
0: first name popped up in the credits i'm like all right that was yep. fun and then at one point in the movie they did the liar liar pants on fire Who? <laughs> wow, that I don't even think that was on the '80s movie. That wasn't even in the original. I no, don't think. I don't. Remember Am that I wrong either, on yeah. that one? Uh, I don't recall it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. So, really, man, that's that's it. I don't. There, there's not much to. I think we gave a lot of ways to make the movie better. We talked about a couple positives for sure. We talked about a ton of negatives. Obviously, I I would say. I mean, I'll I'll give my recommendation and then I'll I'll ask you if you if you like old school Stephen King stuff and you're gonna watch anything that Stephen King does or has a hand in or whatever, just watch the original movie. I I really don't see any reason why you would watch this one because at least in the original, Drew Barrymore does a very good job. I think Charlie Sheen does a good job for for most of his role too, and then obviously George C. Scott's fucking amazing. So. There's a lot more to bite into. There's a lot more to chew on in the original movie. Same with the book, obviously. But if you're if you don't read because you're you know not a nerd, then watch the original movie. I see no reason to watch. Oh, except for the breastfeeding uh, scene in, in, the, in the beginning of this one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw a nipple. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Maybe that's why it was R. Was just that <laughs> 10 second scene of her breastfeeding. That that might have been it. Ah, oh, but what about you, Nick? What are you thinking?
1: Here's an interesting take. Ready? Go ahead. All right. Obviously, choose the eighty one the the eighty two eighty four one mm-hmm. if you actually want to see like a movie that's palatable. But if you want something that's recent and on Peacock that you can laugh at, I would say huh. the first thirty minutes of this movie yeah. made me actually laugh about how badly the film was made.
0: Okay. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, that's. I, mean, I think the rest of it drags on and it gets less fun in how bad it is. It's bad in like storytelling ways versus just like being objectively poorly written. Right, right. In totality. Like the teacher character, we didn't talk about it at oh all. Oh my God. One of the worst characters I've seen in modern filmmaking. That was fucking just hilarious. That's true. Utterly that. terrible. Yep. The so, like, honestly, first 30 minutes, like, <laughs> it's about the same amount of time as a TV episode. True. true. Uh, yeah, just watch that and shut it off after. You'll get a good couple chuckles. It's probably good for pregame before a real movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or like fast forward to wherever the cat scene is.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, next time we'll just do timestamps. Yeah. Here are the times <laughs> that this movie is worth watching.
0: That's That was one of those scenes where if we were doing – a live commentary track like we did for uh, Army of Darkness or not oh wow we of by the way we should do Army of Darkness Ooh. that fucking movie's amazing oh yeah uh, but, yep. but yeah Army of the Dead or whatever uh, when we did that if you and I had both live for the first time watched that cat scene <laughs> the amount of <laughs> I think we would have been laughing for like 15 fucking minutes Oh, my God, it just – that's the one time Zach Efron's fake
1: southern accent, like, kind of cracks up a bit is when yes. he's, like, kindly telling his daughter, oh, y- you got to kill her, got to put her yeah. out of her misery or whatever. Oh, my God, like, that made me oh. laugh.
0: That made me laugh so much because I understand he was trying not to freak out his daughter, but he also should have mm-hmm. been like, hey, fucking psychopath, <laughs> get your yeah. shit under control. <laughs> I just- that was a teachable moment. Yeah, uh, he sure. did. I but that that's why he's a good dad. He was able to take that <laughs> moment and really just fucking, you know, kill that cat. Maybe put him out of the misery. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I like I like your I like your recommendation. There. That's why that's why I think maybe for some fun, uh when we have some time to spare, maybe we watch the Firestarter. I I don't think it's rekindled, but it's it's Firestarter something. And I think it's when she's, like, a teenager or a young woman or something. And I almost guarantee you that movie is ripe with tons of just laughing at, like, parts that you could just, like, are so unintentionally funny that they're just amazingly funny. And I, I think that's the
1: interesting thing, is of all the bad movies we've seen mm-hmm. in my short time uh, guest co-hosting. <laughs> There weren't a lot of parts that make you laugh, like *Wonder Woman* '84. Yeah, there were oh a couple parts
0: that were so bad at the start that you laugh at. Every man is a rapist.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: the '80s um, were the worst because men were <laughs> just raping women everywhere.
1: Yeah, uh, there were there were very few things that were just such so poorly made that you actively laughed while you were watching it. Right, and I think it was refreshing to watch something like this. Right, it, it was nice. You right, know? right.
0: Well, I think I can probably pick us out some d horror movies you know what i mean some some ones that are just unintentionally funny that that you would enjoy the other thing too is maybe we have to branch out a little bit the other thing i saw on peacock that i didn't watch but i saw they have it is that will you marry me movie Remember the one with jennifer huh. lopez and owen wilson no oh, oh i have to google it i bet you that is hilariously unintentionally funny oh i would absolutely guarantee it so that might end. You've got your girlfriend. Maybe she'll sit through that with you, and we could do a movie like that because that's like when I did with Kelly. What was that one where the the girl goes to Ireland to propose to her? Oh, maid of honor? No, 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 not maid of honor. Um, uh, for no, no leap leap year. Oh,
1: leap year. Yeah. Yes.
0: Like that movie is so bad but it's so fucking hilarious because of how bad it is that that was a fun movie. Like, you hate watching it, but while you're watching it, you're finding so many things to laugh at because of how unintentionally funny it is.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what I expected more out of the uh, the streaming movies. Peacock hasn't done it yet,
0: but Netflix has a bunch of abhorrently bad rom-coms. Oh, I I... I, I'm trying to think, I, I'm sure I know some of them too, but they're not coming to my head right now. But you're absolutely right. They do, every once in a while, a fucking movie will show up on there and they're like, how did this get greenlit? No <laughs> wonder they're losing a billion dollars oh, a year. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I ain't over fist. I think one one of them that I just saw, well, I, once again, when I say saw, it's it screens across the tiles or whatever. But was the girl who used to be like super fat and she was in those singing movies. You know what I'm talking about? Trevor weird... Wilson. Yes, yes. I guess and she might be thin now in this, in this movie, but it's called Senior Year, I think. And I think she was in like a cheerleading accident and she wakes up from a coma like 20 years later expecting to go to the prom. Oh, that sounds like that sounds so good. Yes, I guarantee you we would have fun. Like that would be torture oh, to watch, yeah. but we would have fun talking about that. There's no doubt about that.
1: Oh that okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a calendar reminder in. Yeah. That was
0: so fucking <laughs> bad. But I, I will say to people, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm good with that. Everyone just try and it sounds like we're doing like a lot of movies that we don't really like right now. And and that is true. But for the hundredth anniversary uh episode one, I we do have a lot planned. There I don't want to give any of the surprises away, but we're we're gonna be doing favorite movies. So it's not going to be something like disappointing like this, I would hope. <laughs> the, you know, it's movies that you enjoy talking about that people almost universally love as well. And some cult movies. So I we, we'll we talk about that later, obviously. But Nick, I think this is a good time to stop. It's like almost an hour exactly. So this <laughs> is this is fucking perfect. So stay on the line. We got some stuff to talk about. But do you have any final words for everyone? Yeah, everybody should get a good laugh in. Watch some bad movies. That's my
1: takeaway. I like Uh, that. A lot of good creative processes happen in movie making,
0: and sometimes they don't. And it's important that we make fun of it when it doesn't. I appreciate that. Thank you for the positivity, Nick. I appreciate that. And I will leave everyone with the Stephen King quote that I have used pretty much my entire life and I have used on the show for forever, but it seems very appropriate now to do that. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.